Derek Carr makes the New Orleans Saints the new kings of the NFC South. We'll discuss it next on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. You are Locked On NFL Draft, your daily podcast covering the NFL Draft. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, your daily podcast covering your favorite draft prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You know what time it is, ladies and gentlemen. It's your boy, Damian Parson. You can find me on Twitter at DP underscore NFL. I am a national scout for the Draft Network and your favorite and local running back guru. And as always, you know we like to talk championship rings on this podcast. I've got my boy, Keith Sanchez. Talk to him, baby. Man, what's up, man? This is Keith Sanchez, senior draft analyst at the Draft Network. And like my guy, DP, always cues me up, man. 2019 national champion, LSU Tigers, the best team to ever grace uh, the gridiron in college football, man. And guess what? We're here to bring you championship-level content in regards to football philosophies and then also obviously the nfl draft right but guess what man dp is always something going on man coming right off the heels of the nfl combine we get the Derek Carr signing and so i think that impacts the new orleans saints so let's go ahead and get into it how this impacts um how they'll be able to draft moving forward yeah keith i think the report came out you know typically that the only people that are really player-wise are supposed to be in Indianapolis for the combine are college prospects. But Derek Carr was rumored to be there meeting with teams, and clearly the team that he met with and, and kind of made everything, you know, uh, copacetic and got everything in, in, in order with was the New Orleans Saints. And this really impacts their draft big time. Right? I think it was a four-year deal, over $100 million. I think it was around, around $37.5 million. So it doesn't like – shout out to him because he made it where it doesn't kill their cap and it works with their cap and, and, and where they are as a team. But Keith, he's walking into a good situation. You know this team better than anybody, man. Quick thoughts on, on, on this and what it does for this team in the NFC South. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, we look at it from a draft perspective. People don't realize the Saints have done a pretty good job drafting in the past, right? When you're talking about, um, you know, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson and Marshawn Lattimore, Michael Thomas, uh, they just drafted Chris Olave, Trevor Penny, Ryan Ramchak. Uh, you know, I could keep going on the interior offensive line. They drafted young guys. So I think that that was one of the appealing things to Derek Carter. This is actually a pretty solid rest. I think when you think of a team that's a quarterback away, the New Orleans Saints, I believe, in my opinion, they actually are a quarterback away. You've seen that they had the fluctuations with Jameis Winston and um, Andy Dalton, and, you know, they kind of fell short as far as making the playoffs. But you insert Derek Carr, especially for $37.5 million over the next four years, great contract from their perspective. But let's talk about it from what it frees up them in the draft, right? Because they needed a quarterback. They did. They were a quarterback away. I don't think they were in the mode of a quote-unquote rebuild as a franchise so that's why they wanted um you know a veteran quarterback just to kind of plug and play and so now you talk about this draft right what does that leave you that leaves you with opportunity to take best player available and that's a really good position to be in because you're sitting at the back end of the draft right this draft pick was via the trade of Sean Payton so this was not where the Saints finished in the season where the Saints finished with the season is the Philadelphia Eagles pick at number 10. So they should have had a number 10 pick, but thank God somebody traded for Sean Payton and they were able to get back in the first round. So now 
what looked to be a disastrous situation for the New Orleans Saints, it actually stabilizes itself because they didn't have to trade anything. They just had to sign him, right? So you signed Derek Carr, and then now you still have a first-round pick because you traded Sean Payton, and now you can sit there and say, hey, the back end of the first round, who may be there, right? There may be a tight end there, right? And I know they had a um, pretty decent season from tight end Johnson, um, you know, who was a former Oregon guy who just played well. But you still may be able to get a, one of these top tight ends. And then guess what? Alvin Kamara is in trouble, right? And we don't know how that's going to look. So everybody wants to let running backs fall to the back end of the first round. We know that the Saints value running backs, right? They covet those guys. And they also like to run tandems, right? There's never been yep. just one sole running back going all the way back to the days of Deuce McAllister and Reggie Bush, right? And then you insert Pierre Thomas and, you know, the rest of those guys. So you could very well be sitting in a situation where the Saints decide to draft a B. John Robinson or a Jameer Gibbs. Or, hey, what if they decide to go after one of these wide receivers again? What if Quentin Johnson falls to the back end of the first round? Now you have Quentin Johnston, you have a Michael Thomas who, you know, you have to figure those things out. But then you also have Chris Olave, a young guy too. So I think which was what was once a negative is a, a real positive, um, you know, for the Saints now that they have their quarterback because I think they were, they had to either move up in the first round and they would have been giving up a lot of draft picks to even move up for a rookie quarterback or they'd have been in position, D.P., to where they might have gotten an opportunity to draft Hendon Hooker, but he wasn't going to be able to play this year. So I no. think the Saints, they definitely helped themselves out draft-wise. They eased everything for themselves. They put themselves in best player available type positions uh, moving forward. And, and when you brought up Hendon Hooker in my latest mock draft, um, I actually had them picking Hendon Hooker at you know in, in the second round with their pick, right? Okay. And, and so so that makes it now that's null and void. You don't need Hendon Hooker now. Yeah, you don't. So that. That frees up your 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 first round and your second round pick. Because if I remember correctly, Keith, you know the, the 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 first round pick from Denver. You know, God bless him. You know, sending the first round for a court for a coach. You know, I mean, that didn't make sense to me. But that's the thirtieth pick in the draft. But Keith, like eleven picks later, the Saints are back on the board at the top of the second round, around forty one. So they're in a good spot. And I think, like you said, with the running backs, that's the key to me. Right. If Bijan does slip, if he does fall down the board, that's the place right there for me. Because now, like you said, and even with Alvin Kamara healthy, I never viewed him as a because he's he's dealt with some injuries since, he, um, you know, he took over the lead back role. But he's much more dangerous as a comp as like that, that do it all back. Right. Put him in mm-hmm. the slide, motion him. You know, go 22 personnel and do all the different things. Let him be that chess piece. Uh, a great runner. You know, just a terrific and fantastic receiver. So you think about potentially pairing, you know, even with the suspension, he does come back. Potentially pairing B, you know, uh, Alvin Kamara with Bijan Robinson, and you got Derek Carr in the backfield. If you if you figure out everything with Michael Thomas and he can stay healthy, right? Because when he was early in the season last year, Keith, he started to show why he was one of the best receivers in the league a couple years. He definitely ago. did before. <clears throat> before he was injured, man, he definitely showed why he was one of the better wide receivers, right? I think about week one against the Falcons. I think he had two receiving touchdowns mm-hmm. in the fourth quarter, right? That helped him, um, you know, come back. And, you know, that was the whole Jameis Winston situation. So, like you said, man, it, there are pieces on this team. And I think that's what people don't understand, right? The New Orleans Saints, they're not a big market team, but there are good players on this football team. So they can definitely now, they put themselves in position to make some noise. And I love it from, from a draft perspective because, like I said, it relieves pressure, man. Like, it, it relieves a lot of pressure to go into next season to, you know, at least feel like you have the quarterback position. Um, you know, figure it out moving forward and allow without you, question. 
Yeah, and then even with um, you know, we talk about the edge position, right? Mm-hmm. They've been trying to figure out the opposite, the the opposing side of Cam Jordan for some years now. So maybe you take one more swing at that, but this time, guess what? You don't have to move up. The New Orleans Saints do not have to trade any <laughs> draft picks because that has not turned out good for them. Do no. not trade up in the draft in the first round to draft an edge rusher. Don't do it. Marcus no. Davenport, Peyton Tanner, it has not turned out good for you. Sit there at think pick 28, 29, and go ahead and leave it alone. But, DP, guess what, man? A positive for the New Orleans Saints, right, the Derek mm-hmm. Carr signing. But, you know, one, one man's, you know, positive could sometimes be a nugget, another man's negative. And that's what I'm thinking about with these other teams, right? So there are some teams that were in the Derek Carr sweepstakes um, that now they have to figure some things out. So coming up next, myself and DP, we're going to point out teams that this Derek Carr signing negatively impacts them and they may have to change their philosophies moving into the NFL draft. Indianapolis was big for us, and, and it was a lot of fun. But, man, there were some moments where I was like, I really would like to sit down and eat. But everything was moving so fast. But I'm going to tell you what I had, guys. I had a I had a built Bar in my book bag, man. I was I had a couple of them, actually. I'm not going to lie. I kept them stocked up just for days like this. This is the draft circuit. I know it was going to be what it was. And I want to make sure I have something that can hold me over as well as give me a nice, like, a nice delicious treat. Built Bars are uh, a protein bars matter. 100% real chocolate, and that's why it tastes like a candy bar, right? And there's a lot of different flavors, cookies and creams, coconut puff, double chocolate, all of it. You can go to your local Walmart, go to the pharmacy section, and buy a four-bar box of Built Bars. Or you can go to, if you like to buy them in bulk, go to Sam's Club. You can get a 13-bar uh, box of Built Bars as well. So, guys, I promise you, it's something that really can get you through if you like to travel or if you travel for work, whatever. If you work out after work, you don't want to stop, you can't get a protein shake, you can grab you a Built Bar. So, listen. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. I promise you, you will not be disappointed with Built Bar. Keith, like the like you said, man, there's some good news to this Derek Carr situation, and there's not some good news to this, right? Like some, There were teams like uh, New York Jets who had their eyes on him, right? And now, and I believe I remember correctly, they have, what, a top 15 pick? Like... They they are thirteen, and 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 the quarterbacks at the you know in this draft class are tantalizing tools, traits, physical ability, pure passers, impro- improvisational skills. You you ask for it, you name it, they got it, Keith. So talk to me. What 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 team? Like not that Derek Carr is a saint. What is, who, what team is hurting the most right now heading into the draft? DP. I'm about to get started right now. You already named the team. The New York Jets. Man, what they say, man? You study long, you study wrong, man. You think you have two, you have none. They overplayed their hand. They literally overplayed their hand, man. I think they were one of the first teams to have Derek Carr in the building, right? Mm-hmm. But you know what the New York Jets are doing? Man, I feel good. We can probably get whoever the hell we want to. Y'all forgot who y'all were. You're still a New York Jets, right? So there's still a different situation, and it, it comes out like, yeah, well, we'll just tell Derek Carr if he wins one here, um, he'll be a Hall of Fame quarterback. Well, duh, right? Like the end <laughs> quarterback, right? It's been so long that y'all won one. You'll get a lot of credit for winning a, 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 um, a championship in New York, right? That's usually how it goes. So that was not something mind-blowing or, you know, a hell of a recruiting pitch. That was about obvious, right? And so now mm-hmm. you sit there, 
you're in, in in between. You're sitting there like, okay, we know we probably have Derek Carr in the bag, but you know, do we really want to go after Aaron Rodgers? So you're sitting there waiting on Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers went to the dark, whatever whatever that means, right? He went to the dark, <laughs> and then guess what? He comes out the dark. Derek Carr signs because he's like, I'm not doing this anymore, right? And so now the New York Jets are, are sitting there. Let's set up the situation, right? They're sitting at there at what pick thirteen. 13. So now you're sitting in position where you have to offload probably a tremendous amount of assets to move up in a situation where, listen, all of these teams need quarterbacks, right? So you're talking about Houston, right? You're talking about Indianapolis. You're talking about possibly Seattle. You're talking about possibly Detroit in the future. They have the opportunity if they want to take a quarterback and sit them for a year, they can. So that, that's four teams right there, right? Then you have Carolina at number nine. So mm-hmm. then you have Tennessee at 11, right? So you have six teams that's sitting in front of you possibly that can draft a quarterback that's already ahead of you. So they have to give up, I guess we say less value as far as draft compensation because obviously the teams have to swap first round picks. So as far as draft compensation, they don't have to give up as much. So you're sitting there now, you have to offload even more assets all because you overplayed your hand. Man, the New York Jets, this hurts, man. This hurts. And and I, I don't know what they should do or where they should go from here. I'm going to study that. I'm going to analyze it, try to come up with a good solution for the New York Jets. But it's definitely the New York Jets with this signing because now it's Aaron Rodgers a bust, man. It is Aaron Rodgers a bust. And you're talking about Aaron Rodgers possibly for a year or two. Derek Carr just signed a four-year deal. He's locked in for four mm-hmm. years with the New Orleans Saints. Aaron Rodgers, he may give you one day. He may give you one month. He may give you one year. You have no idea. So, man, it's definitely the New York Jets, man. And I was pulling for the Jets, too. I wanted the Jets to do something positive. Um, We'll, we'll figure out what they do moving forward. Man, he, you're right. It is definitely the Jets. And, and just looking at the different teams, man, you, you think about Tampa, right? You know, Tampa was, was a landing spot, a, a team that needs a quarterback. The Ravens, not sure what in the – like, you know, you know, I think uh, Rich Eisen said – from what from the rumor mill in Indianapolis last week of what he was told multiple times that things in Baltimore with Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens is not pretty. You said Eric GM Eric DaCosta, who was uh berated by uh current and former players on Twitter last week during the combine, he flew down to South Florida to go see Lamar Jackson and they offer him a deal. Now they're waiting to see what's gonna come of that, right? So for the Jets, maybe you swing, you 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 trade off a couple picks and go get Lamar Jackson to help you. But at the same time, okay, that you're gonna have to pay him what he wants to be paid. So it's so many different dominoes now, right? Like I feel like I legitimately feel like, like you said, with the Jets, they had Derek Carr in the building. I, I I've listened, I've heard so many stories, Keith, about players going on free agent visits and the team not letting them leave the building. Right. And you're not leaving. We're not. We can't. No, no, no. Stay in the. Wait, man. Bring some more dinner here. Bring some more drinks. Let's get him comfortable, and let's talk about this contract. Let's go ahead and find out, iron out the parameters now. And, and, and it's just the Jets is the obvious choice because at the end of the day, you don't have a quarterback. Like, are you going to run it with Mike White? You don't. You know you don't want to use you know Zach Wilson at this point. So, and then you t- you brought up Tennessee, Keith. That's the other one, right? Tennessee. Now the talk, talk of the town is they're willing to trade Derrick Henry. The man that you've built your roster around and your offense around for the last, what, six, seven, however many years, now you want to trade the guy? Like, so it's like you're clearly setting yourself up for a rebuild. And it's like, okay, you Taylor Lewan's cut. 
You trade AJ Brown last year. Now you're talking about trading their, you know, really discussing trading their car. This this move, Keith, like it really set the tone. Where this for? I love it for the Saints, but I I love it for what we do. Period. But for the rest of the teams in the NFL that need quarterback, Tampa, like you said, Baltimore is going to need one. The Jets are going to need one. Teams that believe that they can, they're they're just a quarterback away from competing again. You know what I mean? Like this is tough. This is yeah, a tough I, situation I to be in. I would even go as far as Carolina, and then you also yes, look, yes. You know, you look leverage plays, right? Because maybe the New York Giants were sitting there like, hey, you know, we don't have to sign Daniel Jones because we can possibly just get Derek Carr for third. Like, what world are we living in, right? <laughs> From a you know draft perspective and everything, Derek Carr got thirty-seven million dollars. Daniel Jones wants fifty. Like that sounds north insane. of forty. Off yeah. of one year. <laughs> so that's yeah, so one good year. Now he wants 42, 45 million dollars. Absolutely not. So that that again, like it's the 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 blowback and the fallout from this these next couple weeks, Keith, because when free agency really opens up, I think it's gonna be like a mad scramble, man. I feel like this yeah. right here, like we think back to the Deshaun Watson signing and how the NFL owners were like, Come on, Cleveland. Like you know what I mean? Like you just gave them two hundred mil guaranteed, and now everybody's scrambling trying to figure out how we gonna pay our quarterback now because can't tell them not to want two hundred million guaranteed since someone actually did it. So now it's like I feel like it's gonna be a mad dash of teams who, like you said, Carolina, they're in the spot to where not this is your in your division, Keith. This yeah. is in your division that now I'm not saying that they should have gone after Derek Carr. Like no, because you got some people you got to pay, and that would have hurt you. You know what I mean? Hurt your cap. In ways that it really could have limited limited you, but now what does that do, Keith? For you talking about impacting the draft, now you got to move up from nine, and yeah, they got no. the picks to do so. Yep. So listen, man, we're talking about moving up in the draft, right? And we just listed six teams that have to move up in the draft possibly to get a quarterback. But listen, if we're gonna move up in the draft, there has to be your eyes have to be on somebody. You have to have your guy, and so coming off of the NFL Combine. Obviously, combined with the film, myself and Damian Parsons, DP, we're going to get into which quarterbacks these teams should be willing to offload two, three, four first-round picks to move up to get to be the leader of their franchise for the next 10 years. The quarterbacks took center stage, Keith. I, I, I felt like a lot of guys in positions performed well, but there was nothing more entertaining this past weekend, Keith, than watching Anthony Richardson and CJ Stroud go throw for throw, legitimately like watching Kyrie and Steph battle it out, you know what I mean, at the top of the key. It was a lot of fun to watch. I mean, like this Derek Carr situation, teams are in this draft class that know that they can't sit still. You can't sit, you know what I mean? Like you, you're playing blackjack, you're at the blackjack table, you're like, man, you know what? I'm at 15, I'm a hold. It's like nah, I can't, I can't risk that right now. I can't be patient and be like, nah. Somebody's gonna be like, hit me, hit me, dealer, hit me. I, I, I gotta move up, baby. I gotta get up, Carolina. You gonna have to move up, Keith. What are they moving up for? The four big quarterbacks: Anthony Richardson, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Will Levis. These are the guys. Bryce Young came in and he weighed, but he didn't do anything else. Right? He was five ten and like one four for whatever it was, one quarter. 205 pounds, you know, everybody's happy, Keith, because, oh, man, like, he weighed the same, he he measured the same and weighed the same as Kyler Murray, even though their body types are completely different. You know what I mean? Like, so that really didn't matter, but Will Levis came out there, he actually weighed less, but he didn't run, he just threw, he was around 228. Everybody's like, well, he, he's 6'4", 240. 
the guy that was actually 6'4", 240 was Anthony Richardson, and he plays a 4-4-3 in the 40. So, Keith, what – just looking at it, man, how, how do you feel like this is going to shake out with these quarterbacks after the performance? Like I said, we don't, like, outweigh the film with the combine and stuff like this. But after watching what we saw with the quarterbacks, you know, for the ones who did participate this past weekend – how do you feel about them heading into the draft and where teams may need to move up and what guys teams potentially looking at like, Hey, I got to give up the whole farm for this kid. Yeah. So I, I look at it now, man, because you talk about the, the, the performance of Will Levis and, you know, cause we talked about the core for right. Bryce Young, Will Levis, um, Anthony Richardson and CJ Stroud. Um, But coming out of that, I feel like now it's a impactful three, right? Like, I, mm-hmm. I, and I believe that's Bryce Young, Anthony Richardson, and CJ Stroll, based off of what they've shown plus potential, right? I think, I think it's those three. So I'm looking at teams, man. Like you say, you talk about the Carolina Panthers. I think they have to move up, and and that bodes well for <clears throat> talking about draft perspective. That bodes well for the Chicago Bears because now it's like, okay, hey, like y'all, these quarterbacks showed well, right? CJ Stroll threw the football well. So you think about these teams where. There's some sort of infrastructure there. You know, they're not like all the way just ready to win right now, but there's an infrastructure there for them to be able to do some things. So I think about a team like Carolina, I think they're in position to move up and then going back to the Jets, man. I, I'm If I'm the Jets, I'm clearly circling CJ Straw because this, CJ Straw has shown that he can throw the football, right? When he has weapons at Ohio State, he's a good thrower of football, might be the best natural passer in this entire draft. So you pair him up back up with Gary Wilson, um, you know, they have more, they have the tight ends, you know, the run game will be diverse to wherever they'll be able to do that effectively. And so you move up, you go get CJ Straw. Now you really have a, a offensive unit moving forward for the next couple of years. So I, the more I thought about it and watching CJ Straw from his NFL combine and his will, it, you know, want to of competing and, you know, being able to, you know, command those things, not shine away from, you know, the competition. I think CJ Straw, he can handle the big lights, um, you know, in New York for the New York Jets. So that's definitely one team and, and one pairing that I like. Uh, man, I'm, you know, I'm looking at other teams, man. It's tough, like right? Carolina, that, that's an interesting pairing too. Where, where do they go? And I, I think that Carolina may possibly now have the opportunity to sit there and get their guy, Will Levis, right? They can possibly sit there at 8-9 and then Will Levis may fall to them. Yeah, Keith, I think that's a good point because being that nine, if they wanted, you know, Bryce, you got to move up, right? You know, Houston's sitting there too. All the talk is Houston's all in on Bryce. So there's no chance that Bryce has fallen to you, you know, with Houston sitting at the very top of the draft, you know, underneath <clears throat> the Chicago Bears. But, of course, the, 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 the real big piece is Shane Steichen, you know what I mean, it, it, being the head coach over there in Indy. And having the fourth pick in the draft, where they don't have to give up a ton to go and get one. You're right. only three, we're only three spots behind. It's not like you're moving up from the 30th pick where you gotta give up 14 first round picks to get up to one. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you don't have to do anything astronomical, right? So they can move up there, Keith, and get Anthony Richardson. So get I'm the, 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 the talented buzzy quarterback. You really like the, the Anthony Richardson in Indianapolis uh fit. I do. I, I like it a lot, Keith. Because what I've, I actually—that was the mock, what the pick I put in my mock. I had them trading up. Uh, their first round pick, I think, was the ninety third pick or something like that, or the the second round pick, and I think a first for next year, which was just three picks to move up to one. And Shane Steichen being there with Nick Sirianni in Philly, he saw what it, what what it looked like with a 
toolsy, you know, toolsy big, uh, big body quarterback that can do a lot of different things in the run game, improvise and help you when necessary, as well as make the plays, especially when you give him weapons. And all Anthony Richardson is is a more juiced up version of you, you, you look at right now, a more juiced up version of Jalen Hurts, bigger, stronger arm, better athlete, right? And, and he's, you know, my confidence was was Cam. And then you look at, I, I forgot what Cam ran in the 40. Cam was 4'6". Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? The NFL Network through the simulcast up there, he left Cam in the dust. I was like, oh man, you know what I mean? I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I don't recall Cam running a 4'6". But it looks very different with Anthony Richardson. So I think, I do like that pairing a lot to the point of, if if Steichen want, if, if he calls the sim, a similar offense as to what he had with, with Jalen Hurts, he absolutely can play this kid, you know, he, uh, first year if he wants to, right? Now, he, you want you can still bring in a Jacoby Brissett or a veteran to to handle the early set first seven games while you get Anthony Richardson comfortable with the offense and ready to go and ready to roll. But at the end of the day, I think that's the team that you're talking about moving up for one of these quarterbacks. One hundred percent, I think it's them, and and, and I think. The dark horse in terms of not even having to move up, but just where they are, is Seattle. I think Seattle's just the spot, Keith, where understanding that, yeah, Seattle has Geno Smith, but Pete Carroll said something last week at the portal, which was interesting. I would love to have Geno Smith back, but we've done extensive work on all of the top four quarterbacks in this draft. Keith, because I don't, I don't think his market, it may not be – like Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers robust, but I think yeah. Geno Smith is going to have a nice enough market where it will it can put some pressure on, on, on the Seahawks to where if they get priced out of that situation, they can grab a Stroud at five, right, before he slips down the board if a team like, you know, Carolina or even the Raiders. You know, the Raiders is a team that might have to move up too, Keith, to yeah, three. I- no, and I, and so I, I think that's the other team that you you definitely saw a circle in this situation, right? That if the Aaron Rodgers sweepstake doesn't happen in their favor, um, they have to move up, and and it's two places. Whoa, um, hold, hold on, hold on, Keith. I, you know we're breaking some news here, but Tom Pelissero just just uh just tweeted out that the Seahawks, as I'm, we're talking about it, the Seahawks and Geno Smith are actually about to finalize and close on a multi year. Deal so well, okay, it might take so, the, that might take the Seahawks out of this equation. <laughs> yes, yeah, so they, they now those other teams is a sigh of relief, right? If you're behind Seattle in the draft order, it's a sigh of relief. So I've been, I, I'm also in, in you know, moving from that point, which I think is really good for both you know, Geno Smith and the Seattle Seahawks yeah. running back, continue to build out the team. Don't worry about chasing a you know, young quarterback because you know, you're almost in the playoffs this past year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with these teams, now the other quarterback we didn't talk about, we talked about a Will Levis fit coming off the combine. We talked about an Anthony Richardson fit coming off the combine. We talked about CJ Straw fit, but we didn't talk about Bryce Young real quick. And man, it's it's it's, it's a spot. Um, it's two spots, right? It's it's he's linked heavily to the Houston Texans at two, which I'm not sure about that, man. I'm not sure that I want any quarterback to go to Houston at this very moment, <laughs> man, because there's a lot of things going on. Uh, but I, I do believe the Miko Ryan's will get that thing started. But like we always say, man. Draft a quarterback when your team is ready for a quarterback because there's potential that you drafted a good quarterback, but your team can ruin that quarterback if you don't have the proper pieces around that rookie quarterback. So I I like Las Vegas, man. I think Las Vegas has enough around it, and I could just see Bryce Young operating in that offense. I think with Bryce Young, you can convince the Devontae Adams to stay put. You have a reason to keep on, you know, to keep Hunter Renfro. Darren Waller will be able to get the football. So I think I like the Bryce Young in Vegas pick 
um, because I, I just think that it's, it's a better fit and they have a little bit more, I guess, you know, veteran leadership as far as proven talent um, for yeah, Bryce yeah. to kind of slide in there. You know, they re-signed Josh Jacobs. You know, he has a run game. So I like the Las Vegas and, and Bryce Young fit. I like that a lot too because you know Josh McDaniels has never been one to just like simplify his offense for anyone. It's always been kind of complex and you know very you know uh, intense. So I think Bryce is one of those guys mentally right now. You know, playing for Bill O'Brien and everything, which we talked about in the past. Just no understanding the terminology of what that offense entails and what's being asked of the quarterback. I think he can operate it from as a day one starter. So it's going to be interesting. They're at what seven? So it's like okay. If Houston does pivot, Keith, and, and doesn't go after Bryce, then that third overall pick, if I'm the Raiders, I'm like, hey, I got – hey, Arizona, Monty, Austin, Fort, let's t- let, let's make a deal, like the television show. Let's make a deal. Let's get this take, taken care of so we can get our quarterback and you guys have enough picks. And when Kyler Murray does return, you can continue to build this team in your favor and in your image, man. But uh, fun, fun episode, a lot of news. Uh, we were able to break some news live on the show. You know what I mean? Uh, fresh, <laughs> fresh. I ain't no Ian Rappaport, but I ain't too shabby either. But, you know, just coming off the combine, man, a lot of, a lot of information, a lot of more topics to come this week. Guys, we always thank you all so much for all the love and support. You know, find us on YouTube, smash the subscribe button, hit the like button, you know, and the bell notification so that you are aware and alert of every new episode and enjoy it. And of course, on the audio side, you can find us on all your favorite po- audio podcasting apps. Uh, go in there, subscribe, like, share, leave a five star review, tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. Uh, and as always, we thank you for making Locked On NFL Draft your first listen of today and every day. Tomorrow, we're going to get into some more combine reactions and some more other segments. So we we, we got some stuff coming for you tomorrow because it's a lot to talk about. Uh, for Keith Sanchez, you can find him on Twitter at, at the Talent Code. I'm Damian Parson. You can find me at DP underscore NFL. Come and join the conversation again tomorrow on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.